Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can reach the show on Twitter by following us at Championship Pod. Uh, today is the final day of the league campaign in the Championship, so uh, I'm hosting it. It's going to be a, a, an absolute honour to host it on the final day because there's a lot of talk, uh, talking points. Um, I'm Louis Shackshaft. You can follow me on Twitter also. Um, my Twitter handle is just my name, at Louis Shackshaft. I do a lot of uh, blogging articles. I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan, so you can check out my Sheffield Wednesday statistics on there. Uh, but we've we've got a fantastic guest today in uh, our producer and founder of the Championship Roundtable, Jake, if you just want to introduce yourself, mate. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been on here. I have no affinity to the Championship other than being a neutral, which I think works pretty well on, on an episode like today. So we're just going to go through and talk about all the, uh, the talking points of the season. You get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's and I write for EPL Index and The Boot Room about various different things. Yeah, it has been a while since we've uh, talked on this podcast, I think, Jake. I know, obviously, we, we keep in touch off air, but um, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, but first of all, what I'm going to do is, obviously, with it being the final day, it's been a full fixture list, uh, so plenty of games. So I'm just going to reel off those results. Um, I'm sure everyone knows the results, but then we'll discuss you know, a few key fixtures and, and move on from there. So I'm going to start with... Um, in this order, so obviously Birmingham beating Fulham 3-1. Huge result for Birmingham. That kept them, obviously, on, on a run of form. But for Fulham, ultimately meant there was uh, no chance of promotion this time, only via the playoffs. Uh, Bolton, huge victory again. Um, 3-2 to Nottingham Forest, which kept them out of the relegation zone and keeps them in the championship next season. Brentford drew 1-1 with Hull City. Uh, Bristol City lost uh, 3-2 at home to Sheffield United. Um, Cardiff only managed to draw 0-0. I expected them to win today, but that saw them gain automatic promotion to the Premier League. Uh, Derby County gained uh, their sixth playoff spot by beating Barnsley 4-1. Middlesbrough and Ipswich drew two apiece. Uh, Leeds with a 2-0 victory against QPR. Millwall, again, one of the surprise packages this, this season, uh, beating Aston Villa 1-0. Preston North End just missed out on the playoffs because of Derby's victory, but Preston managed a 2-1 victory against Burton Albion, which saw Burton Albion therefore relegated uh, into League One, unfortunately. Sheffield Wednesday, my team, a huge win. Uh, can we play Norwich every week? Because we beat them 5-1. I know we seem to demolish them recently, and... Uh, Sunderland, bottom of the league, playing top of the league. Sunderland won three nil. Um, so, is there any key fixtures and results there? What stand out for you, Jake? I'm sure there's a few. Yeah, there's there's a lot of talking points from today. Obviously, the Sunderland one was quite a surprise, but I think three fixtures stick out to uh, to me of, of just three really good performances that ultimately led somewhere and got their team to what they were trying to do. So you had. Uh, or, or maybe the opposite of that as well with the Fulham-Birmingham game. Obviously, that was a huge... And I think it will be sting even worse for Fulham fans, the fact that if they would yeah. have won, they would have been promoted. I think it, it mm. wouldn't have been so bad if Cardiff had gone and beaten Reading. But of course, that didn't happen. So that's a bit of a stinger and doesn't set them into the playoffs too well, um, especially after their really good run. I don't think they should be overly disappointed they, obviously you're going to be disappointed but the, the position they were in to get as close as they were is in a remarkable yeah. achievement and, and they had to be near perfect I think they dropped points to Brentford and then this game so they only dropped points twice it's sort of in the last few months so it's 
it's incredible they got this close, but just to lose it like lose out like that is just is really gutting. And, and to lose three one against Birmingham, who are near the bottom, is not the greatest way to go into the playoffs. But they're still going there. It's a third place team and probably the favourites. But that that was a really disappointing result for them. And then mm-hmm. you had the, the Bolton result, which was obviously huge at the bottom of the table, uh, coming back from from two one down to, in the last few minutes to get to get out up and above Barnsley and and Burton, which was which was incredible. Uh, they've been really poor recently, and there was nothing showing that they would be the ones to climb out. I think there was Burton and Barnsley were showing more in recent weeks, so that was a really good achievement. And I think Phil Parkinson's done a really good job there to keep them up. And the other one would be Derby and Barnsley as well. The the four one win. Um, yep. That was a that was a, a huge result, especially as we've spoken on this podcast in the last few weeks about them sort of bottling it and, and not being able to take that final step but they've managed to do that and they've got the sixth spot, so they could go into those playoffs with a bit of form now, seven points in the last three. So that was a big result, especially against a team like Barnsley who were who were fighting to, to stay up. I think they would be disappointed that they didn't show more and maybe folded a little bit easily, uh, compared to Burton and Bolton who who both showed a little something today, even though Burton were ultimately uh, failed to stay in, in the division. But they they were the three main results for me, and they were the three results that really that turned what happened and decided the fates of several teams in the league. Yeah, definitely. I know it's been a day of ifs and buts, and you know one of the surprising things for me was I expected both Cardiff and Fulham win today, and and neither of them did so, which was which was strange. But you know, Car- Cardiff managed to gain automatic promotion, and, and we'll come on to that. And and like you mentioned, the other one what stood out was the big one was obviously. Bolton uh, with only about six seven minutes remaining finding themselves 2-1 down to Forest and and managed to win in that game 3-2 and and staying in this division is you know is is a huge result for them Um, so you know hopefully they can only kick on next season in this division but we'll start at the bottom like we've just touched on Um, obviously these results and I know Sunderland have been down for a while and you could say doomed since probably the beginning of the season but Confirmation now that Sunderland, Burton and Barnsley have all been relegated from this division. Um, I'm guessing none of them come really as a surprise. They've always been at the foot of the table. But how do you think each team's going to fare in League One next season, Jake? Yes, it's... It's not an ultimate surprise to see any of them go down. I think Burton, although it looks at one point they were going to stay up today, I think they, they were always a little bit... I don't want to don't want to talk down about them and say they were too small for a division, but they were they were always you know the smallest team in the league with their budget and everything. And they'd done so well to stay up last season. It was always going to be a tough ask to do it again. And the fact they came so close, I think they shouldn't be too disappointed. You'd hope if Nigel Clough stayed that they can sort of stabilise themselves in League One and come back, or at least challenge to come back. You know that would be really good if they could do that. And hopefully they're not a, a Yeovil situation where they drop back down. Yeah, because yeah. that would that would be a huge shame. Um, Sunderland, their fate was was sealed a long uh, a couple of weeks ago now, and not a huge surprise. They had a lot of problems. I don't think Grayson was a good appointment. Coleman was a questionable one as well, considering you know his lack of lack of success in club football. But you know, over the last week, they've got a lot of hope for the future. They've just the takeover is about to go through. Um, the the old chairman Ellis Short has, has cleared out the debts, and they've got. They've got a starting point to go on from, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if they did what uh, Blackburn and Wigan did and came straight back up. I think they need to get the right appointment. I've heard Mick McCarthy spoken about, and he'd be an excellent appointment if they managed. Yeah, to get that, yeah, they would. Yeah, I could if he came in, I could see them coming straight back up and even challenging again for promotion the next season. So that that's going to be an interesting one to follow and see what happens. I think their pulling power and and even probably their finances compared to to League One clubs, even though I know they've had a bit of financial problems, now they've got the debt out. They clear out some of the big earners. They should be able to comfortably bring in players that are good enough for League One and probably good enough for the Championship as well. Players will be willing to drop down to Sunderland in League One. So that'll be, they'll be interesting to see how they do over the summer. Barnsley's a big disappointment. Because I think they've, I've always liked watching them. I think they've mm-hmm. got some good players, and I thought in recent weeks they were going to try and they were going to turn it around. They got some good results, um, beating Sheffield went uh, United, wasn't it? A few weeks ago, that was a that was a big result, uh, coming back from two one down. So I, th- I think you know they they showed a bit of fight, but ultimately they just conceded too many goals, um, and and that's why they're going down. I don't think their managerial appointment was the best, and I, I'm not surprised to see he got sacked pretty quickly after the final whistle. But they've got a they've got a good, good squad of players, League One ca- uh, caliber easily, and I think they sh- 
they could sort of take a lot from from Rotherham. They've managed to get back into the playoffs in League One. I could see Barnsley doing a similar thing. They've been up and down the Championship in League One for a while. So I think all these three clubs, although you know it's been a negative season, they've all got reasons to be optimistic for the future as long as they make the right sort of appointments and, and they keep keep the people that they need to keep like Bert and, and Nigel Clough I think you know it's it's going to be I think they'll all be stronger for going down I th- maybe, maybe not stronger but they've all they're all still in a good position none of them look completely dead and buried and like they're going to drop down the league so I think I wouldn't be surprised to see all three of them challenging next season in League One. Yeah, I, I agree completely with what you just said there, Jake. You know, um, I think Barnsley will definitely be fighting for promotion again next season. They play some good football, but like you said, they're conceding too many goals this season and it's not really a surprise they're going down. But with the takeover obviously in place now, I think, you know, they, they could potentially come back into this league in a few years, if not next season, even stronger. Um, Sunderland, like we said, said, they're doomed, but they're going through a transition period and like you say if they get a, a decent manager in like McCarthy I can only see them coming straight back up because they are a force they're a huge club and you know they, they will come back into the championship one day I, I'm just guessing obviously from their point of view that it's, it'd rather be sooner rather than later uh, Burton are the only team that I've got relegated really that I feel sorry for because I know N- Nigel Clough like we said you mentioned it Jake did a fantastic job last season keeping them up, just missed out staying up this season. And, you know, he's always had a lack of quality in, in, in the in the squad. And so he's, he's really done well again this season, despite the relegation. And I think, you know, they play a decent brand of football. And again, I can see them fighting definitely for a top six position next season. So hopefully all, all the clubs that have gone down, you mentioned it, Jake, I think, you know, most of them are, are going to come back even stronger. So now we'll turn our yeah, attentions really to, to the top of the league. So it's been confirmed. We already knew about Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, gaining promotion. Cardiff obviously only drew nil-nil today, but it was enough to see them gain promotion and clinch second spot. So obviously you're a Newcastle United fan, Jake. We won't touch on Newcastle as yet, but um, you know, how do you think Wolves and Cardiff will fare in the in the Premier League next season? You, you'll be good at answering this question because obviously Newcastle got promoted last season, and um, Cardiff and Wolves have got to do the same. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think I, th- I think it's getting a little bit. I think the the sort of the gap between the, the Championship and the Premier League is getting a little bit smaller. I think a lot mm-hmm. of that is down to the mismanagement of Premier League teams, and that's why you're seeing a lot of ones that have been there for a while. Getting relegated and having problems at the bottom of the league. Uh, you've seen Stoke and Swansea and and West Brom and and Southampton this season. You know, I th- I think maybe that there is an opportunity for teams to to go to go up and, and stay up. You've seen Brighton and Newcastle are both mathematically safe. Huddersfield got a good point today and look like they could also be safe, and that would be quite an achievement for all three promoted clubs to stay in the Premier League. So definitely gives Wolves and Cardiff some hope that they can go and do similar. I think Wolves are a completely different beast to most most teams going up. I think they've yeah. got a lot of money behind them. They've got connection through Jorge Mendes. So I think they're going to do absolutely fine, probably make some eye-catching signings again in the summer um, and keep hold of the players that they want to keep. Whether they keep Ruben Nevers is another question. I think he's probably, probably going to leave for a bigger club this summer. Mm-hmm. But I think they're probably going to sign somebody equally talented, equally as you know, eye-catching to replace them. So that I wouldn't be too worried about that as a Wolves fan because they, they, they will make signings and they, I think they will be stronger for it. You've seen Jack Butland linked in recent weeks. So, you know, that shows yeah. the ambition and the money they've got. So I think they're going to be absolutely fine. And I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of put, pushed on and challenged in the top 10 in, in, over the next few seasons. Uh, I, I definitely think they're, they're in a really strong position. I think Nuno is a really good coach. I think... They'll be slightly disappointed they didn't get to the 100-point mark today. But, you know, those things happen. It's weird that the only team that they failed to beat throughout the whole season in the Championship was Sunderland. They didn't get <laughs> one win over them, which is it's crazy to think about. But, um, yeah, I think they'll be absolutely fine. Cardiff are more interesting. I don't think they've got a lot of what you'd call talent in their squad. I think they're very limited in their, in their approach and their, tactical, their tactics work well in the Championship. You know, they, a lot of long ball a lot of um, winning the second balls and um, using set pieces and wide areas to your advantage. They've, I think they've got the lowest pass success rate or lowest lowest short pass 
yeah, as well in the right. league. I think yeah. I saw that. Uh, they showed a, a graphic compared them to Fulham, where Fulham played, you know, the best football they had leading in all these stats, and Cardiff were, were 24th. So it, Warnock's definitely not gone about it in the most entertaining way, but he's been effective. They've won 27 games, which is, is the second most in the league. So to go up in second place is probably what they deserved. Uh, I I think he's, he's done an amazing job taking over them last season when they were in the relegation zone, getting them to mid-table. Bringing in some decent players. Nathaniel Mendes-Lang has been very good. Although when I was looking at their, their transfer business earlier, they did they did spend a lot of money on, on Lee Tomlin and Gary Medine, and neither of those really made an impact. <laughs> I'm just going to say, yeah, Gary, so... Gary, Gary Medine makes me laugh because obviously we're, he were firing in goals for Wednesday in League One, and, and now he finds himself as a Premier League player. And it oh. just, you know, it seems crazy. I don't think he is a Premier League player, but fair play to the guy. He's, um, but they, they he's spent six million on him, which is which yeah. a lot more than they spent on any other player. Uh, and I know he did well at Bolton for the first half of the season, but yeah, he, he didn't score a single goal for them in the Championship. So if they're going to mm-hmm. stay up, they're going to need to sort out their recruitment and bring in players that can that can sort of keep them up. If I was them, I'd maybe look to bring in the better better quality championship players lower lower end of the Premier League and maybe yep. look look to a view of saying, oh, relegation for next season may not be the worst thing. We can come back stronger and maybe that would be the better time. I'm not sure they've got the... I think their squad needs a lot of work to stay in the Premier League. I don't think that their style of play will really, really suit the Premier League too well. There's a, there's a huge step up in... in in quality of managers that Warnock's going to come up against, and he's never never fared well in the Premier League. So it'll be interesting. I, I think he deserves an opportunity to have another go, but I, and maybe look at Burnley as an example of how to do it. Even Newcastle this season, we've not played the best football. We've been uh, giving up possession and playing very functional style. I think he needs to look at those sort of examples in how they could stay up. There's no reason why they can't, but I just think it's going to be very tough for them unless they make some, some quality signings. I think they've got a lot of a lot of championship players in their squad who've, who've done really well. They deserve to go up, but I think it's, it's going to be hard work to stay there. And I'd look at them with the view to maybe getting up and stabilising themselves in a Premier League team in the next three or four years rather than next year. I think that would be a, a more realistic aim for them. I don't know if, you, if you'd agree on that one, Louis. You've probably yeah, a lot d- definitely. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm listening to you there and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm like nodding my head because I, I completely agree. Um, I think Cardiff will struggle next season. I, c- I can only see them finishing in the let's say bottom four you know if, if they were to escape relegation it'd probably be just um the only thing with Cardiff in their favor you know it's it's happened this season and and I'll hold my hands up and say I didn't think Cardiff would sustain um what they have done in the championship and finishing second I, I always thought at some point that they were going to drop drop off even even only a few months ago and they haven't done that and and that's but got to be because of Neil Warnock. And the, like one of the things in Cardiff's favour next season is Warnock does get teams and players to overachieve. But like you said, Jake, he has generally struggled also in the Premier League. So I do fear for Cardiff getting promoted. Like you say, they need to bring in a lot of quality players. But then if I talk about Wolves, they're just, you know, they're on the other end of the scale. Wolves for me are a dark horse. I think this next five years, you know, Wolves could be a force to be reckoned with in the Premier League. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that they're gonna go and win an FA Cup or get in the Champions League spot, but, you know, with the backing and the infrastructure and everything what's going on there uh, with the chairman, it's you know, it's gonna be very interesting and it's it's gonna be good to watch because, you know, they've bought some players on loan this season that have been fantastic. They're gonna go on to bigger and better things. But Wolves with the money that they've got, they're gonna be buying some eye catching players and Next season, I think they'll be fine. You know, they might they might finish. I expect them to probably finish 12th, 13th, 14th in the Premier League. But so what? That's that's a fantastic position for a team like Wolves who've been promoted this season. And then, like I say, it's all about the next five years. I think for Wolves um, and like I say, potential dark horses to become a um, top ten club for for a long time in that league. Um, so yeah, I, I must I must agree with you, Jake. Like what you've said there. Uh, but we'll move on to uh, like a season review, really. So I want to discuss, Jake, um, if it's all right with you. What what teams do you think have been the most entertaining to watch this season in the Championship? Uh, I've got three in mind. I'm just gonna, I'm interested to see if you've you come up with a s- similar clubs. Well, I've got four in mind, so I, I think we're probably going to hit on a few similar ones. So, okay. So I'll let you go for one first. You you head off. <laughs> All right. Uh, the, the first one that I've gone for is Bristol City. 
Um, obviously, we all know what they did in the League Cup. They got to the semi-final, unfortunately, got knocked out by Manchester City. But uh, particularly up to, say, let's say January, February time from the start of the season, I thought, you know, Bristol City found themselves in second, didn't they, and around Christmas? And they were just playing some phenomenal football. So for me, Bristol City is definitely one of those teams. Yeah, I'd agree. They've they've got some really good players. Bobby Reid has been a really, really good player to watch. Um, and, you know, the FA Cup run was, was great to see, beating Manchester United and several other Premier League teams in the competition. So I think ultimately they just run out of steam. And it was similar to last season. They had, they had a very poor run at the end of the season. And I think it's yeah. maybe something Lee Johnson needs to address because it seems to be a, a running theme throughout his managerial career that this does happen. But they've been great to watch. There's been a lot of goals. Even today, you know, there's, there was loads of goals. Uh, mm, ultimately, not, not the best result for them. But it, it was probably an entertaining watch. And I think they might struggle to keep some of their players. Uh, Joe Bryan's another one they left back. He's He's a really, really good talent, but yeah, I think they've 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 been one of the the teams to watch this season. Especially when you think over the last couple of seasons, they've lost their top scorer twice. They lost Codger a couple of seasons ago last summer. They lost Abraham. Yeah, so it's it's not been easy for them, and that they keep managing to you know punch above their weight. And I think there's reason to be optimistic for them. Uh, still, still problems to be ironed out in the squad. Still problems with Johnson, but I think they're they're a working they're they're a working progress together. And I think he's a Quite a, quite a good manager to lead that, so I'm excited to see what happens to them next season. Yeah, definitely. They've uh, they've only improved from last season, and you know, fair play to them. They've, they've played some great football this season, and they will probably tip to finish, you know, in bottom six this season. So they've, they have overall, even though the disappointment since January, they've, they've had a good season. Go on, you've chosen next uh, club. Then what's your team? Jake? All right. Well, let, let's get, let's go with Fulham. I think we've probably both got Fulham. So yeah. Let's talk about them. Got. Just a really likable squad, you know, Ryan Sessner and Tom Kearney, both two really good players. Um, Samisa Jokanovic plays a good brand of football. They, like we spoke about earlier, they, they've been leading all the passing stats and, and, and chances created, stuff like that. And they, over the second half of the season, they've just been absolutely superb. Uh, they didn't get promotion today, which which would have been annoying, but they need, they had to be perfect to get it, and they so nearly were so you know mm-hmm. you've got to give a lot of credit for that I think the sign of Mitrovic in January is a big big turning point maybe they, they'll look back and say we should have maybe gone for that striker in the summer I know they tried with a couple of players and it didn't really really work out but they should have gone for that proven striker uh, and eventually when they did it all sort of clicked into gear and you've got to hope that they can either go through the playoffs because if they don't they could they're at, they're could lose a lot of those players but to, to watch they've probably been the best team to watch 79 goals second only to um, Wolves at the top so they've had a really good season again probably everyone's favorite team to watch last season and probably the same again so it must be really fun to be a Fulham fan if a little bit frustrating <laughs> that they haven't got that that final jump to the Premier League yet normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Yeah, I... Completely agree again. Yeah, Fulham, I love watching them. Obviously, players like Kenny and, and Sessignon, who's setting the world alight at the minute. You know, he, I, I just enjoy watching them. And they were unlucky last season. And this season, you know, the only thing I fear for them now, they're in the playoffs again. You know, <laughs> they're going to be one of the favourites, if not the favourite. Can they do it? 
I don't know. It'd be a shame because I think everyone would like to see Fulham go up. I think they've they'd be worthy. Um, they'd be a worthy Premier League team now, particularly with the players that they've got. And I know you touched on it, Jake, but they, they kind of need to go up now as well to keep players like Kearney and Sessignon. And we'll see what happens with Mitrovic. Um, but the other team, go on. You you've got four teams, so if you pick another one, then Jake. Well, I've got Wolves as well. They're another one of mine. If they were your third, I'm not sure. but They, they are, yeah. Yes. So I think the difference with Wolves is that, yes, they played a really attractive brand of football, but I think in as well as that, it was the quality of their football as well. They just looked a cut above in this division. The way they were playing, the players they had, they just looked like they were just better than every other team, which is just... It's really pleasing to watch at times, even if you're, if it is your team against it, maybe not so fun. But it's just really good to see players like Ruben Neves and Diego Hotta in this league, and and that you know they're, they're Champions League caliber players. And that, I don't know how Wolves got them. Oh, I mean, I do, but I don't know if I agree with it. But yeah. it's been great to see them in the championship and seeing you know the the quali- what quality can do to a team because Wolves didn't even get into the playoffs last season. Look at them this season; it's been cutting up, cutting above the best team in the division. That's been great to watch their development. I think we we all have our own thoughts on whether it should, you know, the sort of it does leave a bad taste in the mouth a little bit. But mm. I, their supporters are loving it, and they have every right to be. Yeah, I you know you can't look past Wolves. The league table don't lie; the top and the top for a reason. And the, not only have finish first but the quality of the starting 11 like all around the pitch that you know they've got some fantastic players you know Douglas, Jota, Caballero, Bolly, uh, Bonatini and Neves you know it, the list is endless really and you know like you've just said you put a, a team like that together and sometimes it doesn't work but this this season it has and you know that's that's fair play to the manager for that uh, getting them to play together I've not got a fourth team Jake so Hit me with it. Okay, my fourth team, Hull City. 70 okay. goals scored, 70 goals conceded. If you want goals, <laughs> that's where you go. And in their last sort of, in the last few weeks since April, they've had a 4 0, a 5 0, a 5 5, you know, a 2 2. What more do you want? That Goals, entertainment is provided. They've got some great young players. Uh, Harry Wilson came in on loan, has done really yes. well there. Abel Hernandez came in recently after recovering from injury, and he's a really good striker. Probably shouldn't be in the championship. Maybe not. Won't be next season. Jared Bowen didn't play it. He played rarely in the in the Premier League last season. Has come in, scored fourteen goals. It's a really good talent. And yeah, yeah, I just think they've been really fun to watch. I really quite like Jackson Irvine as well, the guy they got from Burton. They've got. I just think a really fun team to watch. As you know, you're going to get entertained if you're going to watch Hull. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably one of our contenders for game of the season, which we'll come on to later. But I think you know. If it, most people, I know, I know it's very basic to say, but people want to see goals when when you watch football matches, and that there's been 140 in whole city matches. So, no, go. it's a great point. You know, it's something that never crossed my mind. And like you said, there uh, we'll touch on one of the games of the season. But yeah, Hull, Hull City's fixtures do tend to have a hell of a lot of goals in them. Uh, but we're also going to talk about the um, Surprise package from this season, then. I've got four teams this time, Jake. How many have you got listed? I don't have any, but I'm going to let you go. And then... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to have a, so, I'm going to, obviously, Cardiff, I think we can all agree they've yes, been surprised. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say we'll start at the top there. You know, Cardiff City, and I'm, I'm guessing, unless you was a Cardiff fan, you probably would not have predicted that at the beginning of the season. And fair play again to Neil Warnock for getting that team to play like a team and and achieve what they've achieved and finishing in second spot. So you can't really look past Cardiff City really as probably being the biggest surprise package. Um, the other one that I've got down there is Millwall. I'm sure you'd agree with Millwall. Yes, yes, I would. Yeah, Millwall have obviously, the one of the teams, what most people, again, would probably tip to finish in the bottom six. And Neil Harris has done a fantastic job there. Um, grinding out results, you know, one nils, two ones, picking up, draws against supposedly bigger and better teams and, and finishing where they've done in the league. Fair play. Another team similar that I've wrote down uh, who have had a similar season to Millwall is Preston. Uh, Preston North End. What are your thoughts on them, Jake? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I know I know James, our, 
our esteemed host isn't here today and he, he, he's been <laughs> talking about these playoffs for a long time and they got so close to getting in them and ultimately that'll be disappointing for him but they've been really good Alex Neil was was a bit of a weird appointment it was a bit out there I thought I, he mm. did really well with Norwich but he hadn't really had a job since and that was his only only job he'd had in, in England so it was, a, it was a little bit left field especially after Simon Grayson it didn't seem like the same type of manager but he's, he's done a really good job there made them a lot more entertaining to watch. They dominate possession now. They've they've got a plus eleven goal difference, and and two points away from the playoffs. That's not a bad season at all. And you you think they were a team that could push on because they've got a young squad. Um, he's he's a manager that, that gets out there and scouts. You know they they bring in so, some players from Ireland and and lower down the league. So be interested to see how they go over the summer. I think they've definitely been a surprise package. They the one. The one really frustrating thing for Preston fans is a, a few weeks ago they played Derby and lost one nil at home when they had twenty shots to Derby's two. Yeah, yeah. That that yeah. that result now looking back just looks massive, and that any other result there would have got Preston in the playoffs. That is just that is gutting to think about now, especially how dominant they were. But you know, seventh place is not bad for them. It, it, it's a little bit frustrating today, but it's it's a building block and it's it's a foundation to build on under Alex Neil. So I think, yeah, they definitely want to that that will will push on and and be one that you think could maybe even challenge for automatic succeed and if they get their recruitment right and maybe look at how Cardiff have done it and go in a similar similar sort of route. Yeah, definitely. I think you know you've just mentioned there that that derby game, obviously that seems silly because it's only one fixture but that were probably a turning point in you know in this last month for them and it's a shame they finished seventh because I'd have liked to have seen Preston get that sixth spot just you know maybe even just for James's sake I suppose um <laughs> but even if they had have got there I don't think they got the quality to you know even even got to Wembley to the final so it's a shame but like you say it's a starting block and you know Alex Neal's done a fantastic job and Hopefully they can push on next season, and if they can go one step better and finish six next season, then fair play to them. Uh, because I think this season they've you know, they've really shown that they have uh, they have got some good quality and they, sh- they play some really good football as well. Um, I think I'll, I'll say you... I'll say your four for you because I think I know who it is, and I, I don't, uh, don't think you really yeah, want to say it. So I'll I'll, I'll, I'll you're bring right. Them up. Yes, uh, yeah, <laughs> Sheffield, gonna... Sheffield United yeah. finishing in tenth position with twenty wins which is the most of any team that didn't finish in the playoffs. So a very good season for them. Few too many losses in the end, few too many goals conceded, but considering they've just come up from League One, an excellent first season. And, and again, like Preston, it's a, it's a foundation to build on and, and they know they can compete in this division now with a couple more additions. They, they can sort of mm-hmm. challenge for promotion. Yeah, I mean, Sheffield United, they, they, they were, let's, I know they've dropped off, you know, in, the, in recent months. Um, and like you say, they finished tenth. But at one point, they really did look like they, they were certain for playoffs. I mean, you know, when was it? Even in January, I remember that game where they, they, they went to Ellen Road and they beat Leeds, and it were a, a real, you know, stamp their authority on this league. That game, really. I remember watching it and thinking, yeah, Sheffield United this season are the real deal, and they, they really could. At that point, I think they were they were close to second as well. So yes, they they surprised me this season. Like I say, although they have dropped off a little, even tenth this season, you know, that have took that at the beginning, um, and they've they've established themselves as a as a decent championship side, especially you know the first season after coming up from League One. So fair play to those guys. Um, we're now going to talk about Jake, uh, the most underperforming teams. Um, I don't know if you've got any listed again this time, but I've got four. I'm going to start with the obvious one, is Sunderland. Uh, bottom of the league, pretty much have been all season. I'm sure you can't disagree with me <laughs> no, on they, that one. Seven wins out of 46 games. It doesn't matter who you are. That's, that's underperforming. Uh, you'll never see Burton with 10 wins, considering the, the difference in size of those clubs. It is, it is a very poor season for Sunderland. And I think it's, it, it was, it's surprising, yes, but... Looking back at it, it's maybe a little bit predictable. They took a long time appointing a manager. There wasn't really any money there. They sort of cobbled together a squad, and they 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 maintained that losing mentality. and And a poor start was always going to mean it was going to be a struggling season for them. So yeah, it, it's 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 quite a sad story. Even as a Newcastle fan, it's quite yeah. sad to see them go down. I mean, it's it's I've I've had it, I've had my fun with Sunderland, but. 
you don't want it, it's it's not nice to see at the end of the day and, and you'd hope that they'll be able to get back. It is a warning to Premier League clubs, so a, a big warning that you shouldn't yes. take this league for granted and it, it is very difficult and you know, the fact that we might see none of the promoted teams go back up is it, is testament to that and Sunderland of, of unfortunately gonna go another division down and have to got an even lower base to start from, but maybe in the long run it'll be seen as a positive. They've managed to change ownership now. I'm not sure that would have happened if they would have stayed up. So there's there's reason to be optimistic now, but to be starting from the third tier rather than the second mm. tier, it's it's very frustrating for them. Yeah, you, you come, you're right there. It's, it is definitely a warning. You know, bad businessmen and bad business, you, look what can happen to you. Um, and, you know, sometimes you, you do take chairmans for granted. Um, and it's also a shame there's no... Obviously, now I know, like we've, we've touched on there, there's, there's no uh, North East derby in terms of Newcastle playing Sunderland or even Middlesbrough playing Sunderland anymore. So I know you always um, want to laugh at your rivals, but this season it's, you know, I kind of feel sorry for them. Um, and I'm like you said, Jake, you're a Newcastle fan and, and you feel the same way. The other team that Believe... Just, just before we move on, I just got another question yeah. for you. I've, I've seen Chris Coleman linked to a few championship jobs recently. Do you think that he's got a future in this division? Did you see enough about him? Do you think he deserves <sighs> another chance? I do, actually. I'm, I'm a fan of Coleman. I quite like the guy. Um, I think whoever took that role, similar to Grayson when he was at Sunderland, I think they were doomed anyway. I kind of think Coleman's hands were tied. Um, I know we kind of touch on Coleman always doing quite well with Wales and before that at Fulham. But I think, yeah, I think Coleman can do a job in the championship, but it has to be a certain type of job. I think he probably needs money money at his, at his disposal, um, like any manager, you could say. But I think if he is linked to a few championship clubs, he deserves it because this last season, let's say at Sunderland, it's kind of been a wasted year for him because I think like I say if, if any manager had been there the set it'd have been the same outcome um do you think the same yeah I, I, I tend to agree I just think another thing that that shows the caliber of a manager is their decision which jobs to take and in this occasion it was one that he should never have taken, and, and that's probably going to go against him yeah, good point. at, at good future point. jobs whether he, he has to go in at the lower end of the championship or maybe at the top end of league one maybe he He's probably not going to get. A, I, I think he could have walked out of Wales and got a Premier League job, but it was a it was a weird decision to take, and it's probably yeah. going to set him back. I I think he's. I I quite like the way he talks. I quite like, quite like him as a character. I hope that he does. You know, this doesn't set him back too far, but it's it's certainly going to going to reduce the quality of jobs available to him. No, that's a good point. He probably will end up with a lower league championship team, um, but. I wish him the best because, like I say, I think his hands, tie, hands were tied at Sunderland. Um, but he's, he's obviously moved on from that. So the other underperforming team I was going to mention, Jake, I've still got three, but I'm going to touch on, and I know you, before you start, you don't really like this team. And I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to say Reading. However, I know you're going to tell me that Reading were always going to be poor this season because last season they over, overachieved by a mile. Is that right? I would definitely say that. <laughs> this has been one of the most predictable declines in performance ever. Uh, um, last season, they, they were sort of near uh, near the bottom of the table in terms of shots taken and shots conceded. Mm. They, they were very yeah. they they were there was a reason for their success, and I don't know what it is. I think momentum, quality of finishing, confidence—they all played a part. And this season, it's been the complete opposite. I think they've they've got no confidence. They've they've stuck with Yapstam too long. I'm not sure Paul Clement is the best appointment for them either. I, I think they could be set for another season of struggle. But the the most annoying thing for Reading fans is they actually spent a bit of money during the summer. They maybe not spent as much as they liked, but they spent a lot on Sonia Luco. Um, yeah. They they've signed some decent players. He, he was obviously he's a standout. Um, but you know they've got didn't have they got Chris Martin as well. He came in at, for a little bit as well. He's been mm-hmm. there, so they they brought in some decent players and they have underperformed. I think um, that penalty shoot out of Wembley was their chance to to progress, and that's that's set them back massively because they're probably not not a top of the table team caliber at the moment. I'm not sure they're going to be there anytime soon with it, with the appointment of Clement. It, it's going to be a big summer for them. It'll be interesting to see how they go, but I'm, I'm, I haven't been surprised to see them near the bottom of the table. 
No, I know the, it's it's a strange one. Cause you, t- you know, we we always mentioned that Reading last season. You know, they got to the playoff final, but they weren't particularly playing that well to get there. It was a bit of a strange one, and they haven't played. They've played similar football this season, but find themselves at the foot of the table. So that has been a strange one. The other two teams I'll mention them both together um, underperforming. My club, Sheffield Wednesday, and the other Leeds United. I think both teams, you know. If you'd have predicted Sheffield Wednesday at the beginning of the season, I'd have definitely said top six again. Um, Leeds United probably pushing top six also. I thought it was a bit of a surprise uh, when Christiansen got the sack because I didn't, even though they had a few dips in form, I didn't think he was doing too badly. Um, But Leeds United have probably finished about seven or eight uh, places lower than they should have done. And same with Sheffield Wednesday, probably, probably... uh, about 10 places lower than they should have done. So uh, do you agree with those two as well? Yeah, I agree. I think both of those have underperformed. Um, I've got a couple more, and I think the fact mm. that so many teams that we think have underperformed just shows you that, that, that there's a lot of good teams in this division, and there's going to be have to be some that, that underperform and maybe don't do as well as you expect them to do. I thought Birmingham yeah. would do a lot better than they did. I thought they spent mm-hmm. a lot of money during the summer, made some good signings. Hotter from uh, Brentford. Um Carl Jenkinson as well. They're just two names that come up, but they made a lot of good signings, I thought, during the summer, and it just didn't click. Maybe they spent a little bit too much money um, and didn't focus on, on building a team. You know, Harry Redknapp wasn't wasn't the best manager, I don't think. Um, Steve Cottrell either was, it, was a very good appointment. I think Gary Monk has been a really good appointment, and the fact they beat Fulham today yes. is something to really build on. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them a lot higher up next season. I think they've got quite a good squad, and you know, got a good stadium. They've got, a, I, I think they've got money behind them. I think they will spend again. So I think they've underperformed this season, but they've got genuine reason to, for hope next season with Gary Monk. I think they're going to be quite a fun team to watch. And the other one mm-hmm. I've got that I thought had underperformed was Norwich City in 14th position. You yes, know. okay. Yes, yeah. I think they they were a team I expected to be challenging at the top. I, they've got a really good squad, got some really good young players. James Madison is one that sticks out. Um, yeah, I, I thought the, the appointment of Fark was maybe they were trying to to replicate what David Wagner did and it maybe hasn't worked out to the same success that they've you know I, I think they've got they got very they had a very poor result today against Sheffield Wednesday you know what did you, what were your thoughts on them do you think they their season and how they and yeah um, today? yeah mentioning obviously Sheffield Wednesday Norwich um I, I know Wednesday have put five past Norwich today and the only thing is I can see light at the end of the tunnel with Sheffield Wednesday um obviously this season the underachieved whereas with Norwich I fear for them a little bit um I'm not sure like what their identity is anymore I'm not sure you know if they can turn from being you know a bottom well bottom of the table team to a top of the table team next season whereas like we talked about Leeds United Birmingham Sheffield Wednesday I probably expect them to do that next season uh but you know what I could be completely wrong I usually am um, so I'll move on from that one. Uh, talking about game of the season, though, Jake, um, there's a few what stand out. We've touched on one already most recently. Um, any ideas or any 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 game you'd like to put out there? What stands out for you? Yeah, I think that that five that five five uh, game, Hulse and Bristol, was it Bristol City? Yeah, that was that that's was, it. Yeah, that was a huge huge game. Um, loads of goals seemed that every you know one team would be leading then another team would be leading and you know so much entertainment and sort of backs up what i said about whole city being uh-huh. so entertaining in bristol city as well it's just two two to a game between two of the, the more entertaining teams to watch in the league and, and you know 10 goals five five you don't see them very often so you've got to got to pick that one out as a, as a big game um yeah the game today bolton uh bolton and nottingham forest purely for the meat uh-huh. you know five goals the meat and and you know what the result meant to Bolton it's such a huge result um one of one of the games that, that really stands out to me and another one where uh, that sort of sticks out is the Fulham 2-0 against Wolves purely because I think that was the point when everybody started to take Fulham seriously and saw them as a, a genuine threat even though they were way back you know in, in mid-table at that point that they just looked a quality team and to beat that Wolves team is, is no mean feat so I think that that was a a very important and quite entertaining game and sort of showed what Fulham was about. So that really sticks out as well. Yeah, good shout. I've I've written a few down and I think, you know, I'm not going to look past the Bristol City, Hull City 5-all draw. I think that probably is the game of the season. Second to that, I would say, 
Um, and it's going back a while before Christmas, but the Sheffield United 4, Fulham 5, where Clark got a hat-trick and Sessignon got a hat-trick. That's another game what, at the time, I was expecting to be game of the season. Um, if not, it probably is, you know, or, or on a par with with the five-all draw. Another couple of games, it might surprise you, but I've got two Sunderland games, actually. Sunderland drew 3 all with Middlesbrough. Um, Sunderland managed to score 96 Mini equaliser through Callum McManaman. and that was a game what stuck out for me. And two and when, in that one as well, wasn't there? Yeah, I believe they were. Yeah. Um, so that one, what I remember watching the highlights, and, and that was a fantastic game. And then the other one, uh, quite recently as well, Sunderland drew three all at Bristol City, and there were, I think Sunderland scored two goals like in the last was it six minutes or something to get a draw, and that were like at that point there was still a chance that they could stay up and I know obviously the doom now and they've gone down but at that moment it were like for me one of one of the best games of this season so there's obviously some great been some great games this season but those are the ones what stick out and particularly the high scoring games the five all and the five four um but let's talk about manager of the season we've touched on a few already um I've got four written down anyone what stands out for you in particular Jake yeah, so obviously it, you've got to mention the two promoted managers, Nuno yes. and and Neil Warnock, both done excellent jobs. I think for me, Warnock probably takes it purely of what he's working with and the expectation levels at the start of the season. But Nuno, you know, he's coming to England. It's it's a new country coming into the championship. It's not easy. We've seen foreign managers come in before. Walter Zenger at Wolves was, sticks out in recent memory, and they just didn't quite take to the league. So he's done really, really well. It looks like he's done his mm-hmm. research. looks a really intelligent bloke, and I think he's going to... He won't look out of place in the Premier League. I think he's pro- prob- they probably appointed him with the view of being the Premier League manager, and, and he's now going to be there. And he's got yep. a season at the club. He, he's built a rapport with the fans. He's, he knows the squad. He's, he's going to be struggle for this experience, similar to what Benitez was with Newcastle last season. I think it's a similar sort of story of how he's connected. So he's he's done a really really good job. And Warnock, obviously, he's he's going to have so many plaudits over the next couple of weeks. That you know he, he absolutely deserves it. Eight promotions. This one's a very, one of the most unlikely ones. I think he's managed. And to go yeah, probably. Ninety points. Great, great season. He, he's he's done excellently. Um, and then I'd, I'd go Neil Harris. He probably deserves to mention at Millwall. Done, a, done yep. a very, very good job given the resources they came up through the playoffs last season. So I've got into those playoffs a little bit unexpectedly as well. I think there was a sixth place team. So to get up and, and finish eighth in the in, in the championship is, is a fantastic achievement. But those are three that stick out for me. I, I don't know if you've got somebody else to mention. The, yeah, the only one. I mean, obvious, obvious ones are Santo and Warnock. I've got down Harris. He's done a fantastic job at Millwall. The only other one that I've mentioned there is similar to Millwall, is Alex Neal. We've, we've talked about him already, but he's done a fantastic job at Preston. And like I say, it's a bit of a shame they've missed out. But for them to finish seventh, cracking season, and um, best of luck to them for next season. So they're the four for me, Santo, Warnock, Harris yeah, and Neal. I would have thought your fourth was going to be Jukanovic. But would you not have him in there purely because um, they didn't get into that top two? That's a... uh, but possibly, yeah. You, you, with... You know, if I'm if I'm completely honest with you, I believed at the beginning of the season that, dare I say it, and I'm, you know, head in hands now, I thought Fulham and Sheffield Wednesday would have been definitely top four. So Fulham have kind of reached my expectations. Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday haven't, unfortunately. So, you know, I, with Jukanovic... He's kind of finished where I expected him to, even though he's still done really well, if that makes sense. So I've not put him on my list, but he's probably, if I were to carry on the list, in fifth or sixth position. Um, but yeah, the ones I've gone for is Santo, Warnock, Harris and Neil. Um, but yeah, definitely a good shout, Jake. Um, player of the season, let's touch on that. I mean, you know, this list could be endless, really. Um there's, there's so many players you could choose from based on goals, assists, obviously, defensive performances, whatever you like, even goalkeepers. So who's the first name? What springs to mind, Jake? First name that springs to mind is Ruben Nevers. I think he's been a class above mm-hmm. in the middle of the park. If, you, if you're picking out the, the best player in the division, I think he is that. Uh, he scored some eye-catching goals. We'll probably come on to that later. Uh, but he's just... He's just you know, just controlled the game in the middle of the park for, for Wolves. He's dominated so many midfields. He he just looks so comfortable in, in every aspect of the game. And he just looks, every, he looks every inch a Champions League player. So the fact that he's had a season championship is rather remarkable. 
and if you're giving it to the best player in the league, both in performances and in ability, I think it's definitely him. He, he's mm-hmm. the first one that springs to mind. Uh, I've got a few more, but I'll let you, I'll let you throw a few names into the mix. Well, I'll throw, based on goals and a few assists for these players, but I can't look past Neves, like you say, in terms of quality and ability and you know, watching a player on the ball. Can't look past Neves. He's probably number one for me. Uh, but I think Vidra, top goal scorer in the league, 21 goals. I know he's suffered recently in the last few years and he's, 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 he's underperformed, but 21 goals for Derby, that's pretty much seen them into the playoffs, so fair play to him. Bobby Reid, um, you know, Bobby Reid, goals and assists this season, 19 goals. He's been a standout player. Uh, I'm sure you'd agree with that one. Do you want to name a couple more, Jake? Yeah, so Ryan Sessegnon probably deserves to mention. He won the, the official award, didn't he? Did it, am I right he won the... That? We're going to talk about the young player of the season, but he won that award, yeah. Yes, so he, he did get an award. I think he, and he was in the running for for the player of the uh, season, so he probably deserves yeah. to mention. He's done very well. I think maybe he got, got that recognition because of his age and, and his nationality, maybe. But he, he's had a fantastic season, way beyond what people would have expected. Uh, maybe a little surprising one here, but you know you have to look at those teams at the top of the top of the table and, and the driving factors behind them. Like when I look at Aston Villa, I think Conor Horahan's had a really really good season. Maybe not Player of the okay. Year ability, but I think he deserves to be um, mentioned. Yeah, yeah, discussed. He's got a, he got a nice goal in the derby against Birmingham. He got eleven goals overall. Um, seems to be very good in all aspects of play. And the fact he's you know he came up with Barnes, he did really well there. Struggled a little bit to start off with at Villa, but now he seems to have really just found his mark and is a really key player on that team. So I think he's he's had a really really good season and deserves deserves a mention. You know, it's weird to look at a team that have been automatically promoted, but with Cardiff, I can't think of one single player to to, to pick out. I think it's it's more of a team effort. So I just... well, it is, but I I have named the two. So I've gone for the centre halves. I've gone for Bamba and Morrison. I think although you know it's it's a team effort. But I think Bamba and Morrison, they, got, they just haven't conceded many goals this season. And I know you defend from the front, but I think, you know, Bamba's been exceptional. Morrison's, as a captain, has been exceptional. I think they're a couple of players that have stood out for Cardiff, even though the majority of them have, have done well, obviously, like collectively. Um Another player, I'll, I'll mention a couple more. Obviously, Jota at Wolves is, is another obvious one in terms of goals and assists. Leon Clark, special mention for him. I know, I hate to say it, Sheffield United player and former Wednesday player, but 19 goals this season, I just didn't think he had it in him. You know, I really thought Leon Clark was a League One player for life, if that makes sense. I thought he was, you know, 12, 14 goals a season in League One. To, to score 19 goals in the Championship, I'm holding my hands up and... You know, fair play to Leon Clark for, for having a cracking season. Um, another player I'll, I'll mention, uh, I've got two more listed, so I'll quickly mention them, Jake. Um, Madison at Norwich, obviously another youth player. I know he's been linked with play, uh, teams like Liverpool now, 14 goals this season. He's been a breath of fresh air in that Norwich team. I'm sure you'd agree with that. And another one, what you might be surprised about, however, looking at his statistics, Traore at Middlesbrough. Um, he's had 26 starts, and wait for it, in 26 starts, 14 Man of the Match awards. Now, that is just, that is unbelievable uh, to say he's got 14 Man of the Match awards in 26 starts for Middlesbrough, 10 assists, 5 goals. I just, I'm not saying he's been the best player this season, but I just had to mention his name. He's very, he's very entertaining player to watch, I think. A lot very of effective, yes. Yeah. Very, he's going to be... I wouldn't want to be coming up against him in the playoffs. I, he's one of those players that can win a tie purely on his own if he, if he's up. Yes, right, so I think definitely. I agree, not a player of the season, but I think he's definitely going down to the championship has helped him out and he's, he's progressed and it, that's been good to see. Have you got any more players you'd like to mention? If, there's, there's nobody that sticks out that you, we haven't sort of touched on. If we were doing half-season awards, which we're not, I think Ollie McBurney's had a really good half-season despite yeah, yeah. Barnsley yeah. going down. And Harry Wilson as well. Hull has done really well in, in the half season he's been there. But um, yeah, I yeah. think yeah, there's a lot of good players in this league. A lot of very good players. And it's, yeah, it's I mean, one. But I think for me, it, Neves just it's head and shoulders above. In terms of quality, yes. I mean, Neves for me as well. And then, like I say, you, you can pick about another twelve players in, in cl- close second. You know what I mean? Uh, but talking young player, we've mentioned a couple of their names. Uh, the three young players what stood out and were all 
obviously uh, voted for the award. Sessignon, Madison and Neves. I'll just quickly say, but for me, it's Sessignon by a mile. Like if for his age, 17 years of all, uh, 17 uh, years of age, he turns 18 soon. I, I know that, but for what he's achieving this season with Fulham, he's he's just going to become a world beater, isn't he, Jake? You, yes. you would think. Yes, yeah. you'd, you'd hope so. Um, it's interesting to see what his next move is going to be. It, you, mm-hmm. you'd hope if Fulham go through the playoffs, you'd hope he'd stay there and sort of give it a crack in the Premier League with them. But I do worry what's going to happen if they don't go up and, and you know, money talks and everything. So Yeah, and, and one, one thing we're assessing on, even though, I love watching him play, and obviously he's going to be a Premier League player at some point, you would expect. I'm interested to see how much they actually pay for him, um, because he's one of those players, like, I've, I've, we have Russ on this show, and I've asked him many a time, like a 17-year-old achieving what he's achieving. Yes, it's the championship, and he's got to step up another level yet, but he's obviously got many a year to do so. But what does a team play in, you know, with the money what's floating ar- around now? this day and age, what what does a team pay? Because even if you go out and spend 30, 40, 50, 60 million on a play like Sessignon, you've still got your return of investment, even if it's in eight years' time, you would think. So I think, I'm I think interested. with Sessignon as well, his age does really, it, it's, it goes for and against Fulham because I think, yes, there's so much potential, but there's also a lot of risk still attached to him at, at that age. In if terms of injury, yeah. Developing, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's yeah. all those things and I think some if I was a club looking to buy Cessna I would look to buy him for, for around you know that maybe 25 30 million up front yeah. add-ons involved and then maybe even loaning him back to Fulham for two years another two years at Fulham they can have him for another two years and then you know you still got a 19 year old with with three four seasons of experience under his belt I think Something like that would be what I would think of doing, but you know, clubs are impatient sometimes they don't want to do that mm. now. So, mm. being, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he goes because he is one of the you know the, the best, most exciting talents we've had to come through in a, in a number of years. Are we sticking with Sessignon then as the best young player in the, yes, the season? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, goal of the season then uh, for me. I mean, I'll. I'll quickly run through this, but there's only there's only one winner. I mean, I, I, there's there's been goals from what spring to mind: Madison, uh, Adam Reach uh, for Sheffield Wednesday. I've got to mention that one. Murphy for Norwich, Grealish at Villa, Evans for Sheffield United. But not long back, goal of the season for me. It's, it's got to be Neves, right? Yes, easily. That that is probably one of the best goals I've ever seen. So it's yeah. definitely the, the the best goal of the of the championship season. The way he just sort of. Mm. One one touch over himself and then volley. Yeah, it, you've got to be very very good to pull that off. And, and the worst thing is, I think he could pull that off more often than not, which is, <laughs> which is really worrying, isn't it? So yeah, that is worrying. Yeah, yeah. And, and if he, he and if he can, that shows that shows his quality, doesn't it? Yes. Um, it, it has got everything about it. That goal, you know, technique, his ability, the distance, you know. The timing of the shot, like every, everything about it, it's it's just done to perfection. So let's stick with the Neves goal against Derby. Um, right, moving on, Jake. I know we've done a quite comprehensive season review there, but it's playoff chat. So confirmed now, we've got Derby County versus Fulham, uh, Middlesbrough versus Aston Villa. Um, what are your predictions, Jake, and who will win the playoffs? Who's getting promoted this season? Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be some fun playoffs. I think they're four good teams in their own right, different different sort of styles, different different approaches. I think the Fulham Derby game is quite an interesting one, you know. I think all intents and purposes everyone would favour Fulham for that and for good reason. Mm. But Derby have won two of their last three, they got a very comfortable victory on the final day. Seems to have um you know, kicks back in for them. The the one point I do have with Derby is they've got one of the oldest squads in the league, and and is that gonna is that gonna come into it? They've got they've um I think they played the most amount of um players over thirty, or, or given the most amount of minutes to players over thirty. So I don't know if that's sort of gonna come in and have any sort of impact on on the players, mm. the tiredness of that that you know a forty six game season holds, and and even though it's only another three games, they're three emotional games, and you have to. You know, fully commit to them, and I think that's something Fulham didn't do last season. They were easily, you know, better than Reading, but they couldn't couldn't get the job done. So, and whether that's going to play on their minds, it's it's really interesting. The, Fulham and Derby have both had 
both had playoffs in in recent memories. They've both gone, you know, they've, and they've both failed to get through them ultimately. So it'd be interesting to see which one sort of steps up. You've got, to, you know, Fulham. I'd expect them to go through, but anything can happen over two legs. And I think that's what Andy's been saying recently: is that yeah, you know, once you get into these playoffs, any of these four teams can do it. Then you know, it'll be interesting. Yeah. It- it's, I mean, I, I know from experience at Wednesday, it is a lottery. You know, each team's got a 25% of winning it. Um, you would expect, like you've just said, Jake, Fulham to be firm favourites. Uh, but however, they've lost on the last day to Birmingham. Fulham, uh, sorry, yeah, Fulham lost. Derby won quite convincingly against Barnsley. Um, you know, like I say, it's a lottery. And I don't know why but I've got a sneaky feeling for Middlesbrough, you know, I, I don't know why I can just, they've always been there and thereabouts, haven't they? If, if they haven't gone up, obviously they've come back down and been there and thereabouts, but with, with Middlesbrough, I think they've just got, they're finding like the cells and they're finding a bit of form at the right time. Villa's going to be tough. If there were one team that you wouldn't expect to get promoted, you would go with Derby. However, like we say, it's a lottery, and I'm going to be completely wrong on that part. You know, it'd probably be a Derby Villa final, based on what I've said. Um, <laughs> I, I think the thing, with, I think the win is going to come out of that. That's the, the Villa Middlesbrough semi final. I think whichever one wins that, I think they're the ones to go up. I think Steve Bruce has got. He's very good at getting promoted out of this league. He, he's mm. won the playoffs of Hull. He's got a good record uh, at getting promoted. I think he knows what to do. And I think Villa have gone under the radar. You know, they've had a really good a little, season. Yeah. But yeah. the fact they've not really been in the automatic race, they've not really been in any danger of not finishing in the top six. They've just just sort of gone under the radar, and I think that could be a good thing for them. I don't think they've had the pressure or anything on them because it's not they haven't been the focus of any play uh, promotion promotion talk. They've just sort of been going about their business, and I think Tony Pulis is a very shrewd operator as well. I think I think those two managers could hold once it, if whichever one gets into the final. I think they have a massive advantage over whichever one of Rowett and your kind of yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think the yeah. win is going to come out of that semi-final. If you go for me right now, I think Villa, I think Villa are going to go up purely yeah. through. So I think they've got a lot of talent as well. I think, mm. and you know, they've, they've, they've had a disappointing last couple of results, but before that they were, they were very, very good. I, th- I think Villa for me are going to go up and it's such a shame for Fulham, but they've had their chance today. They had their chance to go up. Well, you know what? I've got a question for you here, and this is where I'm going to ask you. If Fulham fail to go up via the playoffs now, will they then become the new derby? Interesting one. I I don't think so. I think Fulham is still going to be up there. I just think they're going to have to lose a couple of players and rebuild, which isn't ideal. Okay. It's not what they want to be doing. They'll lose a lot of momentum, a lot of confidence if they don't, and it there'll probably be a hangover to an extent. But I think they'll be up, if, if they don't go up this season, they'll be up there again. Because if you think, yes, they might lose Kearney, they might lose Sessegnon, they might not be able to sign Mitrovic. But by losing those, you know, Sessegnon and Kearney, they would get a lot of money, a lot of money. And the thing with Fulham, they seem to be pretty good at, at, at renovating their squad, bringing in fresh players. Yeah. Uh, you know, they did it when McCormack and Dembele left. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them do it again. I, You know, they wouldn't be... If they lost those two players and didn't sign Mitrovic, they wouldn't be my favourites to go up. But I think there's enough about the club; uh, they're quite stable that they'll be back up it, back up there. But I think it would be it would set them back. It would set them back not to go up massively. Um, so it would be it would be a shame for them. But yeah, it it would be a shame, and I've got to agree with you. I I think the winner will come from the Borough versus Villa semi final. Um, I'm putting my neck on the line, and I'm gonna say that. Middlesbrough will get promoted, and I'm guessing you're saying Villa, Jake. Yes, I'm going Villa. I think they're going to do it. Interesting. Uh, unfortunately, Jake, uh, we're out of time, so if you'd just like to tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, you can get me on Twitter, at Jake Chapman with two Ns, all right, for EPL Index and The Boot Room. Also, feature on the, the Premier League podcast on the same channel, which I'll be doing later on, so check that one out as well. If you want to hear me talk all about Newcastle, it's always worth a listen. Thank you, Jake. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Also, I've been your host. My name's Louis Shackshaft. You can find me on Twitter at Louis Shackshaft or visit my website, which is louisshackshaft.com, where you can find all my articles, blogs, and Sheffield Wednesday statistics. I'm also um, doing a bit of work for the FA at the moment. I'm covering all the European championships, the under-17s. So I'm following the England games. I'll be doing match reports for them, so you can check out my... Twitter and and the feed that I'll be reporting on at those games. 
Um, surprisingly as well, I just need to mention, um, I've been nominated for the Football Blog Awards. So if you don't mind going on my Twitter page, uh, there's a link on there. You can vote for me if you wish. Um, I'm not demanding. Um, but for the uh, best new football blog, so you can click on the link, uh, just click my name, Louis Shackshaft Blog, and uh, a vote would be much appreciated. Uh, but I want to thank everyone for listening. We're going to be covering uh, the playoff semi-finals on the Championship Pod also. Uh, so you'll probably hear James hosting again um, in the short-term future. Uh, but thanks again, and join us next time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.